Welcome to A Bad Bee with ADHD. I'm Finty and this podcast is going to be a place for all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. Also, I can't always guarantee I'll stay on topic, but that's very on brand for me. If I've learned one thing from having ADHD is that I've never had a unique experience in my life ever. So here we are. I'm just going to put it out there by saying I'm by no means a professional or an expert, just a girl with ADHD speaking from experience, just trying to better understand this neuro spicy brain of mine. So please, please, please seek the help of a professional if you feel like you need it. And with all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. Episode 13, whether it's lucky, lucky for some, unlucky for some, I'm going to say it's lucky because I have serious case of lucky girl syndrome now. So that's what we're rolling with. Um, I hope you're all having a good day, whatever it is you're doing, whatever time of day it is for you while you're listening. Um, and if you're new, I just want to say like, hi, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you like it. Um, and please stick around. <laughs> so yeah, today's episode is, what would I call it? It's kind of like a ADHD misconceptions, assumptions, just like things that I thought were ADHD for so long, which is probably one of the major reasons why I never knew I had ADHD because it was like I was doing all of these things that were just so unstereotypically ADHD behaviors um but I had no idea that I was probably like overcorrecting a lot of those things so yeah I want to get into all of those examples and kind of ways it showed up over the years and I didn't even realize because yeah it turns out ADHD looks very different in everyone and I'm kind of learning that more and more like neurodiversity is not a one size fits all thing. I feel like it's one of those really like cool perfumes that kind of like smells different on everyone based on their natural scent. And we all really just be having different flavors of ADHD going on. It's like an ice cream shop It's great. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I want to get into all of those things in today's episode. So stay tuned. So let's get into it. The first one I'm going to talk about is time blindness and being late. And yeah, I feel like that was the maybe the like the main assumption I had about ADHD for little I did know growing up about it. Um, I just always associated like people being late, the time blindness, because um, that was mostly what my sister presented as. So I was like, well, I know she has ADHD. So yeah, that's got to be what it is. Um, but obviously with me, that couldn't have been further from the case. Um I guess for me, I actually spent my whole life, what I realized now was overcorrecting um, out of like fear and anxiety throughout my teenage years. And it kind of continued on into adult life. Um, but it was, I think, the worst as a teenager in school. Um, so, for example, in secondary school, I was lucky enough that actually I got to walk to school um, because trying to leave the house with somebody who's very much struggles with time blindness and being on time and as somebody that it causes them severe anxiety with being late and running late. Um, yeah, as you can imagine, that combination was just awful and it was chaos in our household every morning. But I feel like that's very common for people with ADHD and growing up in neurodivergent households. Mornings and getting out of the house is chaos. But anyway, um, so I would always just wake up like super early well, earlier than I needed to be awake. Um, and I would literally leave my house by something ridiculous, like 7.45 in the morning and be in school by like just after eight in the morning, which bearing in mind like our form time, which is like pastoral session, whatever you want to call it, it didn't actually start till like 8.35. So, um, and bearing in mind like that whole form time session was like a good 15 minutes long. And obviously people would actually arrive during that time as well. 
So like 95% I'd say of the time, I was genuinely the first person in the classroom every morning, which obviously doesn't fit the ADHD narrative right. But again, the teachers and my form tutor, like she would never think anything was strange because when she would just arrive at 8.35, everybody was there, but nobody knew that I was the one that was always there first thing in the morning and I was leaving my house ridiculously early. But besides the point, obviously, I guess what I realized was what everybody wasn't seeing was that was actually fueled by the fear and anxiety and uncertainty of being late. Um, So yeah, I'd honestly like feel like what they didn't see and even like what my mum didn't see was like the fact that I would have regularly like bad dreams that I'd overslept and like running late and wake up in a panic and like rechecking my alarms all the time because I was so terrified that I wasn't going to wake up and I'd oversleep and be late to school and it was just not knowing what was going to happen if I was late so what I did was try and control everything that I possibly could to make sure that I wasn't late just out of fear I guess um but yeah, I feel like uh, I didn't even know overcorrecting was a thing until recently. And I was like, oh, that's what I was doing. You know, when you finally have a word to put to your experience, you're like, yeah, that was 100% what I was doing. Um, and I feel like it showed up in so many ways. But I definitely think I can say now, like, I was a bit of a control freak. I still am. Um, and I think that's a really big thing for ADHD. And I'll probably get into an episode on like trying to control things because I feel like that's really common <laughs> um but yeah I feel like that was the main one that I was like I can't have ADHD I'm always on time and um, if anything like I'm early and to, I think to other people that just looks like you're super organized and you're super put together but they have no idea about the chaos that is in your brain um to get to that point so yeah I don't know if that was anybody else if anybody overcorrected like that um when it comes to time blindness I mean I sometimes I feel like now my time blindness is worse than it was but that's just because I'm not overcorrecting and I'm not forcing myself to be early to things when I don't need to be but yeah now I guess the other really massive thing that I didn't realize I was overcorrecting for so many years at school was our good old friend forgetfulness and this tendency I feel like was something that i definitely didn't realize I was overcorrecting on um but I guess it comes from not ever living any other way if that makes sense like growing up I just thought everybody else was just as forgetful as I was but turns out they weren't so yeah that's good to know but yeah I guess the main thing for me was again it was fueled always fueled by like anxiety and fear and uncertainty but it was things like forgetting to do my homework. So for me, it always looked like, I mean, don't even get me started on using like the diary and the planner that they would give us in school to try and stay on top of our homework because you girl just didn't know how to use that thing effectively. Like I, nobody taught me. So I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I digress. Um, yeah, I would always be forgetting like at the last minute I'd wake up and realize that I hadn't done a certain homework or oh I've got that lesson today and it suddenly would spring into my brain when I'd like be getting ready for school so I would then obviously normally go to form time super early as I would um so I'd either like sit there and panic do the homework then or if I didn't do it at that point and I didn't realize and then it was like I was sat in form time talking to my friends and they'd be like oh my gosh have you done this homework that was so hard and I was like no so then my break times and lunch times would often be spent panicking doing homework that I hadn't done in the library or like even sometimes outside on the school bench with my friends eating my break time 
um god it was such a fun experience when i look back not um but yeah i would be panicking and it would be literally fueled by the fact that i was so terrified by what would happen if i didn't do my homework so all the teachers just saw that oh she never forgets to do her homework like she always does her homework um she's no more forgetful than anyone else but it's like Uh, honey I hate to break it to you but I was panicking all day about doing this homework and getting it done before your lesson and the worst thing was was 90% of the time it didn't even matter and they didn't even check it or like we wouldn't go through it necessarily but that didn't stop me from panicking because I physically could not not do it um and I guess that comes down to the thing of like being so terrified and uncomfortable when getting told off or being in trouble but that's another story for another day um But yeah, I guess the anxiety just literally would not... I'd be in fight or flight the whole day until I got the homework done. Um, So I don't know if that was just me, but I feel like, again, I was overcorrecting on the natural tendencies of my brain and it was just exhausting. Like everybody else saw... It's like that analogy of like a swan. Everyone else saw the swan just, you know, sailing through the water. um, But underneath their feet are like going at a million miles an hour to like keep up with its body. And I was just like, that was me. I was doing all the work under the surface that nobody saw and to all the teachers and my parents, they were just like, oh, it's fine. She doesn't forget her homework. Like she's, she's good. I was like, honey, it could not be further from the truth. Um, But yeah, I guess I just never realized it was happening so much more to me than my friends and my peers. Like I just didn't think that there was a reason. I don't know. Turns out there was a reason. Um, Present day me talking to my younger self. That thing is ADHD. Those four letters get to know it because oh my gosh who knew those four letters would literally explain everything in my entire life but yeah just never realized that everybody else wasn't having the chaos that went with all of these things like remembering your food tech ingredients or your PE kit and when you forget it not having like bless my mum honestly shout out to her all the time because like I used to literally panic call her so often nearly in tears every time begging her to bring in whatever I'd forgotten so I wouldn't get told off because I was genuinely so terrified um of getting in trouble but I just didn't realize that everybody else was just you know remembering stuff they actually had to remember like what a concept and it wasn't just like this whole 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 ordeal for them um but yeah overcorrecting was just the story of my life but I was just trying to stay afloat honestly during school like that was just what was necessary um I guess the last one that I feel like is very much like the negative connotation I mean all of these things are negative traits per se that society has told us are negative but this one I feel like was the major player especially in school um and it's like the assumption that um the person with ADHD was always like the troublemaker student and disruptive and always interrupting and obviously that is the case for a lot of people um but again for me like that wasn't the case at all and I do feel like again that's down to my lovely anxiety fueled brain and yeah I guess for as long as I can remember like the one common thing that was always showing up during my school years was that fear of just getting in trouble and getting told off so as a result like I was just a serial rule follower um like I swear to god I never had an after school detention ever um and I literally got one break time detention surprise surprise it was actually for forgetting to do my homework 
Um, and I remember it so clearly. The teacher, the bell had rung, like so the detention had finished. You had to wait outside the staff room. Um, and the teacher then came out to go and teach, to go to her next lesson. And I was still waiting there. I thought I had to wait to be dismissed. Um, so yeah, I was just chilling, waiting uh, still. And I then was late to my next lesson. And then obviously that was a whole other thing of anxiety. But um, yeah, I do feel like I'll never forget the first time I got in trouble in school was like primary school. Um, and I can still picture it like with vivid detail. Um, all That's a running theme I'm realizing like all of the times where I've been in trouble, like I remember it very clearly in detail. It's probably to do with trauma, but yeah, besides the point. Um, I remember it was my like year two school teacher and sorry, I'm going on loads of tangents with stories, but I feel like it's relative. So I'm gonna continue. Um, but yeah, it was that I'd brought in some pens to show and tell um, in like year two, I wanna say. And they were like smelly pens and I just thought they were the best thing ever. Um, and they were put in the show and tell box, but obviously I went and got them at break time because obviously I thought I should be able to use my own pens at break time. Like I wanna take them outside. And I remember coming back in and the teacher shouted at me. Well, she probably didn't shout in my head. She was shouting at me because you know, RSD and all that. Um, but yeah, I literally remember feeling so incredibly uncomfortable that I just, she was frozen in fear. Um, and she wanted to like physically be sick and run away screaming and crying. But obviously, well, I didn't realize it's not everybody felt that way when they got told off. So obviously as a result, I feel like I became like, so what's the word, such an aversion to getting in trouble and fear. So yeah, I definitely feel like that was I'm a combination of like raging RSD and like hating conflict as well, which is a whole other thing. But I feel like if that combination was anything to go off of, it made me the opposite of like a rebellious troublemaker. And instead it made me a massive teacher's pet, which I'm okay with. But again, I just feel like it meant that I kind of like a lot of people went under the radar and all the teachers were like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Like she does her homework. She's never late. She is like if anything really like a pleasant to teach and I'm like yeah well ever thought why um honestly I guess what I'm learning now more than ever is that ADHD just does not look the same in everyone and where some people might have like overcorrecting tendencies in one place like me in time blindness in others they might like be late all the time or be not forgetful because they've overcorrected their whole life so yeah, I'm just really trying to like break out of that mold of thinking it looks like one thing because it honestly doesn't. Um, and thinking outside of the box, which with ADHD tendencies, we're supposed to be good at. So yeah, I guess that's just the message of this. If this is, if somebody, if you're listening and you're like questioning whether you have ADHD and that's why you're listening to this podcast, um, my advice to you would just be to honestly, don't think that you have certain tendencies and so you're like I couldn't possibly because I've learned the hard way that that is not the case um and it basically looks so different for everyone um and I guess I realized that as I have more neurodivergent friends and obviously particularly like ones with ADHD because yes we have a lot of similarities in certain things like but where one friend has issues with time blindness like and I don't because I overcorrect maybe you know, she doesn't have issues with emotional dysregulation, but I do. And it's just, it's real, really interesting because I think the more I see it in my friends and knowing so many other people 
it shows up in different ways for them kind of makes it seem like it's just it's not a one-size-fits-all approach and that's fine um but i guess that's one thing i wish like neurotypical people would realize is it's like that age old phrase where they're like oh but i know so and so's child and they have adhd and you're nothing like them like we get so tired of hearing that um but yeah i think it's just realizing that we're never all gonna look the same and that's that's a good thing like i don't want to be the same as so and so's child who lives down the road from you <laughs> like neurodiversity is so um ingrained in everything that we do and who we are as people like I'm not gonna look like your 12 year old son's teenage boy because I'm not that's that's the shocker there but I guess what I'm realizing um and it's literally coming to my mind as I'm speaking it because that's literally how my brain works but I guess this comes down to like our experiences and not everyone has the same experiences so obviously they're not going to maybe like present in the same way maybe that's just me I'm just throwing that out there but um yeah like if somebody doesn't have the anxiety and the fear of being late obviously they're not going to overcorrect on time blindness like I did um and I have friends that are like that and it's like oh wow so that's what it's like to not be fueled by the anxiety of being late must be nice but then they might struggle in other ways like it's never um one thing for everyone and there's probably people out there who are like can completely relate to every single one of the things that I've overcorrected on as I've grown up and like talking about these experiences but also there's people who have ADHD who'll be like uh I do not relate at all like to any of these experiences and that's fine but I'm genuinely like really trying to shift my perspective on what I think it looks like because I'm just realizing it doesn't look like anything like we just need to stop putting it in a box it's not one thing and it never will be um, but I think that's what people are starting to learn. I feel like we're progressing. We're making progression, guys. I don't know if we are for neurotypical people and their assumptions, but in our assumptions, I feel like we're shifting, which is which is progress. I feel like all of these things put together, like the tendencies that I've had in the past, is probably what led me in my adult life to be a raging people pleaser. I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like I haven't actually talked about it. Um, that much and I feel like it's probably something I do want to get into but that's kind of when you live your life overcorrecting every natural tendency that you have it's kind of inevitable that you're gonna naturally want to like fit yourself into a box and like be what other people want or need you to be um but yeah because you're like you feel like your natural tendencies aren't good enough so then you just naturally fight against that your whole life. So yeah, I've I felt like that's probably maybe one of the reasons that I ended up being people pleaser, um, which I wasn't thrilled about, like looking back now, but obviously I, we're not doing that anymore. But yeah, I think it's maybe why we naturally have that tendency, so many of us, because we just naturally shrink ourselves down to be certain things or not do certain things and not adopt the natural tendencies of our brain which is exhausting um so yeah I stopped overcorrecting for my personality because there's nothing wrong with my personality because if you don't like it there's the door like respectfully <laughs> leave and honestly I feel like I realized that when it came to like my relationships and friendships with my neurodivergent or like ADHD friends in particular like personally 
for me it doesn't offend me anymore if they're late or you know having to over overcorrect these tendencies because I know that's the natural like way their brain is or who they are so it really doesn't bother me because I'm like it's my life like that's who you are I accept it wholeheartedly everything that comes with it and I feel like the issue is that so many people don't do this they like have things that really annoy them about people but I'm like honestly it does not phase me that much when you stop putting so much pressure on others um it really is like life-changing because and now I feel like that pressure is also not on me um so it makes my life easier too it's like a natural mutual thing where it's just like we know what each other are like and we're okay with it and that's so liberating honestly so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like that's everything I wanted to talk about. Um, I might leave like a little poll down below um, and just basically ask you guys, like, is there any way you notice that you might have overcorrected either in your childhood, at school, in adulthood, like even now? Um, I'm just really fascinated now by like this overcorrecting tendencies that we all have. So yeah, feel free. I'm going to leave that down below somewhere and you guys can answer that one. But yeah, don't forget to follow us on TikTok. I'm actually currently doing the 75 soft challenge. So I'm posting that on there. Um, I know I actually can't believe that I'm doing that. I could have never imagined me a year ago even attempting this challenge. But there we are. So yeah, don't forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram. Um, check all of those out because I post a lot more regularly on there and you guys can keep up to date but yeah I feel like that's everything I hope you enjoyed the episode don't forget if you do and you haven't already please give it a five star review if you do love it I honestly enjoy making it so much but I want you guys to enjoy listening to it as well so yeah thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you all in the next one (laughs) 